You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, Bears win on Monday night, first divisional win in the Matt Eberflus era. How did that game treat you? Can we, as fans, just have an enjoyable win for a change? Like, like if they do pull out a win, it's so ugly. You know, it happened with the Panthers. You heard it happened with Minnesota. It's just like, it's just not a fun game to watch. You know, I mean, if it's one thing if it was like, you know, a solid defensive, you know, just a slugfest. This is just a couple bad offenses going at it. You know, screen-happy crap happening from Getze. Just not fun. I, I want I want to watch a fun team. Yeah, offensive coordinator Luke Getze clearly said, like, I, I want all the screenplays. And oh. then you know, Justin Fields said, oh, okay. And he goes, no, no, hold on, Justin. I think you might have heard I want to call a lot of screenplays. Yeah. What I said was I want all the screenplays. Yeah. Someone said 13 screenplays. I had 10 in my rewatch. I think a couple dump offs that weren't screenplays. Somewhere between 10 and 13 screenplays were called by Luke Getze for this offense. I don't know what the record is. I don't want to know what the record is, but that was pretty unbelievable. Uh, plenty to talk about. Maybe we'll talk more about screenplays. I hope not. I think I feel like I've had my fill. Uh, but uh, we start. It, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. It's uh, but we start this uh, this particular show in the trenches with our trench tribute. Who did you have that you'd like to highlight for the trench tribute this week? You know, the offense was fine. You know, it's a lot of it. I think like you talk about a lot of the screens. It's really hard to see what what they're doing. But but I'm going to go defense, and I got to go Montez Sweat here. You know, a sack and a half. He had a tackle for loss. He had three tackles. Uh, Pro Football Focus charged him down with seven pressures, which felt about right when I watched it. He's just playing some good football. I mean, this, you know, he's making a ton of money. And there were some fans that were concerned about how much money he was making. They're saying, oh, he's not elite. He's not that type of, you know, he's not a TJ Watt on that level. But he's a pretty damn good edge rusher. I think that uh, it's a good building block here. The question is, how long will it take the Bears to turn things around here as far as the, the franchise? But Montez Sweat, man, he, he, he looks good here at, at defensive end for the Bears. I think some fans maybe need to just pump the brakes on the whole, like, this guy's getting paid too much. Like, that, Bears. that <laughs> you know, first of all, it's not your money. I mean, yeah. and secondly, yeah, it's a lot of money, but there's only four guys that are elite. So if yeah. you don't have one of those, you're still going to pay a lot for, for those guys that are that, you know, half tier down, uh, you know, draft the elite guys and then keep them around. That That's pretty much exactly. how you have to do it. The funnest thing that I saw about Montez Sweat, and I, I, I just don't even know if it's possible to find a comparable situation here, but Sweat sacked Josh Dobbs earlier this season. <laughs> Yes. Sweat sacked Do Josh Dobbs in week one as a member of the Washington Commanders when Dobbs was the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. 
And now he gets another sack for the Chicago Bears against the Minnesota Vikings. Like, is there, I, I mean, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to look to, to try to see if there would be another situation like this where there would be a quarterback and a and defensive player that would have both switched teams and then played each other again, even just like tackled the same guy, but in a different team. Right. I just yeah. think that was like really cool. I don't know who like remembered that he got that sack earlier this year, but I just thought that was a really cool little factoid um, that you can pull out at your next dinner party. Uh, I had sweat written down as well because I wanted to drop that uh, that that particular nugget. Yeah, yeah, it's a good little one. nugget. Um, I think that we also need to give a little love to Braxton Jones. Um, yes, he's he's solidifying that position. You're to the point now where anytime you see any discussion about Braxton Jones, it's well, I don't think that the Bears need to worry about going yeah. after one of those premier left tackles in the draft right now because Braxton Jones is here and or uh, hey. Ryan Poles found both of uh, the bookend tackles uh, in consecutive drafts. We don't have to worry about this. That's that's the level of confidence that Braxton Jones has given a lot of fans, a lot of people in the media, because he ha- he really has held down that left tackle spot. Yeah, I like we, like what he's done. We talked about it last week. You know, I'm at the point now where I, I'm comfortable thinking. You know, Braxton Jones is your left tackle here. I mean, he's in his second year as a pro. Uh, he got better year one to year two. He had to fight through that neck injury. I mean, neck injuries are tough, man. If it's like, you know, we saw with Tevin Jenkins, it took him off for almost the whole season. So we have to wait and see what's going to happen here. But but he looks like he's come back strong. Uh, no issues so far. So, you know, if he finishes the year strong, I think at some point this franchise is like, look, you know, we got our left tackle. You know, we don't have yeah. to pick that. You know, there's, and there's a couple that are going to go really high in the draft where, if the Bears were in position to take one, they probably could. And you know what? It it could be an upgrade, you know, but like I said last week, you don't look for problems that aren't there. If you got a guy in place you're comfortable with, don't draft his replacement because that's just pointless. Yeah, the Bears would have to be, you know, in a very different position. Like they would have to have a lot more talent already where they could say like, hey, this is a clear upgrade. You yes. know, and, and and we don't see the opportunity to do that anywhere else on the roster. The Bears still have plenty of work to do on the roster, um, but, you, you know, particularly wide receivers. Like you, you still need to add to that wide receiver court to add to DJ Moore. So, again, the, the, the draft talk is still into the future. We don't have to worry about doing the draft talk right now. Um, but let's move on to our Twitter segment, Sweet Tweets. I'm, I'm going to start off. I think we're both kind of in the same area, but I, I sent this out. And and repeat winner, I guess, um, our, our friend Chad Vonk. He's at Chad underscore Vonk. Uh, he said, it was fun to see a win and great to see a game-winning drive. As long as it doesn't convince anyone at 1920 Football Drive that Aberflus and Gessie should be back in 2024. And also, meh. And, and I thought of all the responses on Twitter, and thank you for all of you that put, put those in, I thought this really kind of encapsulated where I was at. Like, yeah, I like to see a win, particularly against the divisional opponent. It's been a while. You know, I think it was 12 straight. It goes back beyond the, the Aberflus era. And yeah, it was great to see a, a game-winning drive get completed and and, and for, for the Bears to finally win one of those. And that, those are good things. But I, I really don't want this conversation to tilt back to, to, to George and company being like, well, look at, look at the resolve that this team has. And maybe this group isn't so bad. Maybe we stay the course here. Uh, I just, I I'm, I'm just a little worried, Lester. I'm a little worried that a little bit of December 
luck against some bad teams against backup quarterbacks is going to put uh, George McCaskey and others in a mood to say, yeah, let's just keep these guys. It's fine. They won four of their last eight. You know, they technically could still finish with a winning, winning record. You know, we talked about there's some bad teams on the schedule still. I, I don't know. I, I just, I look, I go back and forth because it's with this, with this organization, who knows? Who knows what they'll do? Because we've seen them do the wrong things so many times. You know, they kept Nagy, you're too late. You know, we just, we, we've seen it happen recently to know that George McCaskey is a dumbass and, and his decisions are, are going to be wrong most of the time. So I go back and forth. Are they going to get rid of these guys? I, I just can't see them screwing up so much of this season. And if they want to blame it on the injuries, I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that's part of it. But, you know, you got to look at the schemes you throw out there on offense and defense. And it was just incompetence at some point. You got to look at, at what they did. And you're like, why are you doing this this type of, of play calling? Why are you running this type of defense when you're not – you don't have the talent to win? You know, it's like – what are they doing? Like, is the talent there? Is isn't is the talent not there? It's like there's so many inconsistencies with what the coaching staff tells us, and of course, you know, a lot of the finger pointing from the coaches. I hope they're gone. I don't know what's going to happen, especially if they win. You know, some meaningless games down the stretch. Yeah, this is no longer about draft pick. I mean, that's I, I know that some people are sick of hearing that, and some people are, are jumping on people anytime that the, the draft pick comes up. It's not about draft pick. The, the draft pick conversation to me has always been about this Carolina pick, particularly yeah. when they started off as cold as they did. But right now it's about, you know, this argument that people can make to themselves about, well, it's fine. Uh, you know, it's, it's not so bad. It's that's the, you know, cartoon of the, the you know, the, the cartoon of whatever that is, the bear in the middle of the room that's drinking the cup of coffee with the fire, you know, burning the house down. Like, this is fine. This is fine. Right. And And I, and I just, I don't, know what that limit is i think people put like win totals on it and this team can win six seven games like that's yeah. not crazy that the the year could finish with that and then people say well you said that you know hey that's double the wins from last year isn't that fine and oh they had all these in you know there's all of these arguments that you can make when you just boil it down to that if you're not willing to just take a look at the context of the worst schedule in the league like the, I mean, the, the Bears are playing the easiest schedule in the league. You know, th this team should be competing for a playoff spot. Uh, you know, last year they only won three games, and I know they were trying to be bad, and they only won three games, but their, you know, win expectation was closer to five. Right. Well, what's the difference? A lot of times that's just coaching. Coaching. Well, it's, you yeah. know, not being able to make you know good calls late. That's being you know, just letting letting teams drive down the field against you late in situations because you don't know how to close out games. Right. Like. A lot of it comes back to coaching and, and they were a couple of games under their expectation last year. They're under their expectation this year. And so, you know, to me that, that says these guys ain't it change course while you can, you know, just, just rip the bandaid off and, and go ahead and do it. So uh, flip it around. I think we've got a little bit about a little additional about Luke Getze. So what do well, you got? Getze. This is from uh, Kirsten Tannis. He is at KTC 2020. Um, I'd love it if the bears would fire Getze. So we could see Justin without him for the final five games. Let Justin work with Janoko, who is the quarterback coach, of course, over the bye to tweak the offense so it plays to his strengths, have Janoko call the plays, and turn Justin loose. We have nothing to lose and can learn more about what he can do at this point under a, drift, a different play caller. The primary goal is not winning games right now, watching Justin throw 28 screen passes to get there. 
that's evaluating him as a passer, which I could see the the pros and cons here. You would hope they would know who Justin is at this point, but like we talked about, some of the game planning, how do you know? You know, you don't let him go down the field much, and I'll have more on this uh, in, in my numbers game here, but it's too many screen passes. You know, if, 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 if George McCaskey or Kevin Warren, whoever makes this decision, looks at the, what how they've schemed this season up so far, I hope a few late-season wins doesn't make them forget what an awful game plan they started the year off against the Green Bay Packers about how they blew the Denver Bronco game because it got conservative. Same thing happened with the Lions game. You know, they probably could have beat the Saints if they had competent coaching. So it's like you look at all these what-ifs from early in the season and they're all going back to stupid decisions from the coaching staff. How do you let them survive it? Because they lucked into some wins late. Like this win against the Vikings – that wasn't because of some brilliant coaching job. That's because the players overcame the stupidity of what they were doing on offense. The defense came through because they were going against Josh Dobbs. But and then and let's real talk about Matt Eberflus's. I hear a lot of yes, a bunch of stuff on Twitter. Oh, Eberflus is calling a great game. He's doing much better. Well, then look at how much they gave him to work with. I hope he's doing good. He's a defensive guru. Sweat uh, five uh, day. Day two draft picks, you know, they're, they're giving him a bunch of assets. They spend money at linebacker, defensive line. He better be coming up with some, a better game plan than he is. And it took him, he was kind of had his hand forced where he finally wanted to blitz a little bit. And now he scaled the blitzes back because he has Montez Sweat there. He can kind of do what he wants to do. But that's not a positive for Eberflus. I mean, I'm not looking at that like, oh, that's a feather in his cap. He deserved to stay. No, you, you should have been doing this with, you should have gotten more out of less because you're a defensive guy. Yeah, there's still an element of bum slaying here, as the, yeah. as the term is, right? Like you're playing some teams that are, you know, playing backup quarterbacks or, you know, they're, they're not playing. And again, they've played some good football. I don't want to take anything away, but that Chargers game wasn't that long ago. And the, yeah. they got absolutely just picked apart in that Chargers game, right? So, you know, it, it, I'm not willing to just forget about entire months of season or entire years or whatever. If, if you're here to do one thing, and you don't do that thing well, or you don't do that thing until really late into the second year. I just don't know that that's really, uh, like you said, I don't know that that's a feather in the cap. And I'm not even sure what we're going to see over the next few weeks that's going to give us a really fair evaluation of what, you know, I don't think they play another really good offense, right? There's going to be more opportunities for this defense to assert itself, which is great. Like you say, winning an ugly game, <laughs> Vikings turned the ball over four times. And, and then the Vikings gave the ball back at the end. They they just ran the ball twice and dumped it off. Like they, they weren't trying to go for the kill shot. They gave the ball back. Like, I mean, they gave the Bears a, a gift yes. um, of an opportunity to come back in that game. You know, Vikings with Kirk Cousins in that same situation, game's probably not close, but in that same situation, they're going to go for the kill shot, right? And mm -hmm. then they're, they're more than likely going to get it. Um, they're not going to let the Bears touch the ball again. It was, it was weird. That was a weird ending of that game. Bears, I think we're pretty fortunate to be able to get a, another chance um, yeah. to be able to do that. So, uh, all right, let's 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 head up into the stats. Caught up in a numbers game. Stat of the week for you. What do you got? You know, mine actually will lead to the field report. So, you want to take yours first? Okay, sure, absolutely. I mean, mine kind of is too, but oh, okay. that's what I was just kind of talking about. So, I don't understand what the heck happened on the last drive from the Vikings' perspective. One, I don't understand what happened on the last drive of their offense. I, I don't get why they wouldn't try to go and close out the game. 
your mentality as a coach shouldn't change just because of having a backup quarterback in there. I know he threw four picks, but he just moved the ball down the field and got a touchdown. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't let him try to make a throw to end the football game, but you punt it back. It's a bad punt goes out of bounds. Bears get the ball at 22. You know, they have a good kicker in Cairo Santos. You know that they need not that much in terms of yardage to be able to get into Cairo Santos's range. So you would think Brian Flores, who is really good at football coaching uh, and has owned this offense for, for one game plus 58 minutes would know that he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. And uh, there's some stats out there and I'm just, I'm going to read a bunch. So this is just a bunch of stats. Justin Fields was blitzed on 52% of his dropbacks in that game. Overall, his air yards per completion were 2.4 air yards per completion, which means he was just dumping it off. Um, In the first nine drives, Justin Fields' air yards per completion were 0.9. (laughs) 0.9 air yards per completion. Disgusting. It's nothing, right? In the last drive, Fields drops back to pass five times. He sees zero blitzes. His air yards per completion were 17.5. Yeah. Including, obviously, the big one down at DJ Moore. What are you doing? <laughs> Ian Flores. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. You dominated for 60 minutes and 58 minutes. And then you're just like, eh, we'll sit back. We're good. We, did, we, we got what we did here. Kind of, kind of crazy. Like you said, they gifted the Bears a game because they did some stupid stuff on their side of things. And, hey, we'll take it as Bears fans. But, uh, yeah, I I was confused what they were doing. You know, just rushing three. You know, just, you know, why would you not keep pressuring them? You know, force. Again, we talk about all the time. If you're a good play caller, you're you're, you're forcing the issue. They played passive. And once they played passive, Justin Fields like, fine, let's go. And that that shot he hit down down the middle of the field with DJ Moore, he just rifled that in there. It was a beautiful pass. They gave it to him. He took it. And that's what you want to see. Absolutely. What do you got? So my number this week is 27%. And I actually uh, found this from a a tweet from our guy, Jonathan Wood, who is at Jonathan underscore Wood one. So 27%, that is the uh, percentage of Justin Fields passes that have gone beyond 10 yards past line of scrimmage this season. Okay. The average on the NFL is about 31%. So he's a little under average, you know. As a rookie, though, Fields was at 40% going down the field. Last year, it dropped to 34%. So all three years here, Fields now is going down, down, down. When the numbers, the analytics indicate, Fields is pretty good when he pushed the ball downfield. You know, as a rookie, he was pretty good. That's probably why he had such high percent. Something is, it's look, it's a gutsy scheme. It's what he wants to do. He's more of a short pass guy. Uh, too many screens. We, we talked about it a lot, but. But why are they taking the ball out of his hands? It's almost like he don't, they don't trust Justin Fields, which I don't get because we've seen him do it. We've seen him push the ball downfield. One thing you're going to get with a guy that pushed the ball downfield and wants to wait, he'll take more sacks. It happens. He may throw some picks. It happens. But that's part of what makes him an explosive playmaker is he can push the ball downfield and make those plays. It's like they're neutering him. It's like, no, let's just you know keep it short. Let's take away what you did good and let's just kind of try and run this, you know, this scheme instead of working what works best for the player. I don't get it. 
I, I certainly don't either. And I think you have to go back to, you know, what was the thought process of bringing a guy like Luke Getze in? Like, what was his plan for Justin Fields? Were they planning for somebody beyond Justin Fields? Or like, what was the conversation like? So did Matty Rufus not understand what Justin Fields was? Did Ryan Poles not understand what Matty Rufus was going? I mean, like, you can't you can go back as far as you want here. But at some point, what what was your plan for Justin Fields needed to be a question that was asked. Now, if the, if the plan was, we don't think Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future. Like we understand that's hard to hear, but you know, we we think that we're going to do X, Y, and Z and we're going to draft quarterback here and, you know, we'll give him, we'll give him a chance, but you know, we're going to move on. Like maybe that was the, what was sold to George McCaskey, but from a football context to bring in somebody who just doesn't match the skill set of the guy that you have will never make sense to me. Um, yeah. you know, th- this idea of like, I'm going to try to push my scheme in or, or a guy that's not flexible and say, Hey, you know what? I, uh, this is the, this guy's interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to try to build something around here. Clearly that's not what, what like Luke Getze is. And it's just frustrating to watch. We, we've talked about it a bunch, but it's frustrating to watch. And we'll just lead right into the fields report as, as you mentioned, uh, 27 of 37 for 217 yards. I mean, geez, that's, that's not a. It's not a great <laughs> yards per attempt. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Obviously great, no interceptions. Uh, threw a couple into the chest of defensive ends that, you know, when when they sniffed out the double-digit screens that were called in this game. But no touchdowns, I think that's a pretty big issue, particularly, you know, again, you, if you want to sl- slowly march the ball down the field uh, and then get into get, get into the red zone and then drive stall out, you know, that, that's an issue. Took three sacks. Uh, lost 18 yards on those sacks, carried the ball 12 times for 59 yards. Overall, just just not the not a particularly impressive outing from from a stat standpoint. I think he was doing some crazy Houdini stuff to try to escape some sacks early. They got him a couple times, uh, you know, moving on. Uh, you know, the runs, nothing really broke that much. A couple of first downs, but you know, you know, overall, I mean, you're talking about kind of a Tyson Bagent game plan and then ripping one pass at the end to put him in field goal range. Yeah. I had the same feeling when I was watching the game. Like, why are they doing so many screens? And like you said, he made, there were, he should have probably took more sacks. And you know, some of those sacks, obviously when, when I have a chance to go back and watch all 22, he took three, you know, is he holding the ball too long? Yeah. Because that's what he does. He's trying to make a play. You know, you got to take the good and the bad. You know, we kind of saw the Tyson Bajan experience where he balls out quick. Quick, quick. It doesn't matter if it's going to the other team. It's getting the ball out quick, quick as quick as he can. Let's get the ball out quick. Let's make our go through our progressions really fast. And we saw Fields do some of that. But we also saw 14 passes, you know, um, behind the line of scrimmage. It's just, it's just no point of that. It doesn't make any sense. You know, you want to see more out of Justin Fields. And like we talked about earlier, I hope they're not still evaluating him. They have to know who he is at this point. And if it's not their guy, it's not their guy. Like I said, I, I think that the Bears are going to move on. Um, I just hope that they move on with a clean slate altogether. And and I'll wish Fields well wherever he goes. I, I think he's going to have success wherever he lands because he's going to go to a place that want him, want his skill set, and they'll build something around it. That's the kind of guy he is. That's what the Bears should have done with, uh, with Getze. But the plan was flawed. I think as a football fan, which I think I am – 
probably first. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly a Bears fan. If, if those of you watching on YouTube can see by the background of the yeah. attire, but the the idea that like I just want to see really good football and I like football players being put in a position to succeed. I certainly am invested in this in this person. And I again, I we've talked about this. I was never really invested in Trubisky. I did not really understand the pick, and I you know obviously cheered for the success that they had earlier with Nagy. All that you know, I'm I'm in for the ride. I cheer for the laundry. When he left, I was like, you know, whatever. Like I just it's fine. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to be anything um, and I'm not worried about him. Wish him the best, but I, I'm not really invested. I kind of feel like I might be a little bit more invested in Justin Fields if, if he Same. goes somewhere else, because yeah. I want to see what another coach can, can do to try to unlock this and build an offense around the skill set. Because I think he's shown something that's, that's an elite trait. And I would like to see if, if a offense can be built around it because in my mind, it can be. Now, if another guy takes a shot and it doesn't work out, or you know, it, he kind of bounces around the league, okay, maybe maybe it just never was going to happen. But I, in my mind, it's just hard for me to reconcile this kind of amazing athlete that has shown so much cool stuff on the field that you can't build something out of that. There was just so many missed opportunities against the Vikings who who were playing so many guys up tight. You know, they're blitzing a lot. You know, uh, there were no jet sweeps. You know, you, you, you want to stress the edge of a defense and they're all condensed like that. And then if you break them around the edge, you know, I mean, the Bears have some speedy guys that are good with the ball in their hands, you know, so let's get them the, the ball. You know, there were no run pass options. There were no read options, really. I mean, there were a few, but, you know, just a, a, a aggressive team like that, you've got to do that kind of stuff against them. And then where were the slants for Justin Fields? You know, you got everybody up tight. It, you know, Matt Eberflus talked about it in this press conference yesterday. They asked him about all the screens and he even said, there are a lot of ways you can attack a, a defense that wants to play, you know, everyone up tight in the box, that want to blitz a lot. A lot of ways you can attack. Okay, well, all you did was do screens. What are those other things you could have done? I wish someone would have followed up with that question, you know, but it didn't happen. But I don't understand. That, that game plan last night was just very strange to me. I didn't understand it, especially when you look at how, how condensed they were. And there were so many times they had like a trip, sort of they had a, 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 a two-by-two where you could have run like a double slant and it was like, it's like wide, wide open, you know? And if it's, if it's not there, you know, at least you have your hots built in where, you know, if the blitz comes, but it just, like I said, I want to get this all 22. I want to see what, how actually it looked because there looked like there were a lot of missed opportunities for different plays to be called. And to your point, if you hit an open slant, then that is you know a, a, a route that we have seen other teams run successfully to break for a yes. huge yak, right? I mean, you get yeah. it, the ball into DJ Moore's hands, he breaks a tackle, and before you know it, he's got 40 yards, right? Like, But you're not giving your playmakers those easy opportunities. There was a few plays where Fields made a good play to avoid or read it out or whatever, and then here's a static route, right? I mean, like, here's here's a, here's more at the top of a route standing still because that's what the route is, um, and, and then, you know, he's going to get tackled pretty quickly, right? Whereas you know, maybe let these guys use their natural playmaking abilities and, and get some of that yak that has been successful in other points of the year, but no, not quite sure what the, the game plan was here to, again, all the screens. Yes. He wanted all the screens. Every screen. All right. We'll take a quick break. Other side of this, we're going to do everybody's favorite segment. The three bears stick with us. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Lester. Hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. I actually kind of had an interesting time trying to come up with my answers for these because yeah. uh, I saw some stuff on 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 twitter like hey this is this is my guy for hot bowl of porridge and i'm like well i don't know that that's kind of a typical game for a guy like that i'm not i don't think that's a hot bowl i think that's just a just right so kind of curious to see where you went with this because there were some good performances i'll let you start off hot bowl of porridge i was the same way i had a few of those where i'm looking at the numbers i'm looking at how they played i'm watching the film i'm like well you know i expect this out of these guys so so i kind of took a guy who kind of he got a surprise start uh, Tyree Stevenson was injured in practice uh, over the week. Uh, so the Bears started Terrell Smith, the rookie fifth-round corner out of Minnesota. He had eight tackles. Uh, he was physical in the run game with run support. Um, I don't think he was targeted in the game, uh, but Josh Josh Dobbs kind of targeted, you know, all over the place with his passes. He wasn't he didn't have a very good game, but but the fact that it was a second game back from IR, uh, he had that stint because he was on there for mono. He played a little bit last week, and here he is now. Hey, you got to go back there out there and start. I thought he had a good game. Yeah, I think he missed a tackle at one point. You know, guy broke for another. Add, I think Addison for another ten yards or something like that. Overall, well, like you know, a flag in there too. But you know, it's rookie, yeah, young guy. You know, again, like you know, getting the spot start, absolutely good one. I, I'm actually going to take another corner. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kyler Gordon. Okay, and maybe you're going to say like, hey, this is what we expect out of him, but. All over the place. I love a guy that can make a play in the backfield and then the next play come up with a pick. <laughs> and that was Kyler Corden. Like, I just, you just feel like he's all over the place. And like, you know, he gets pressure on the quarterback. He, you know, he, he's sticking guys in the run game. He's, you know, making plays uh, in the pass game. Like, this is kind of my agent of chaos. This is the guy yes. that I've, I've kind of wanted to see for a while that the Bears have where you can kind of move him around and have him do a lot of different things. And you, you just get a guy that's that athletic, which he off the charts athleticism here, and, and then let him get comfortable in a position and play fast. And that's, I think, where we're at with Kyler Gordon now. And I, a lot of people question the pick. I understand. Oh, the Bears used their first pick, you know, on a nickel. Now, what a waste. <laughs> Nichols a starter, like yeah. let's stop. And then if you're creative and you use him like this, then he can impact the game in multiple ways. And then this is now a good football player for your team. And I think you're seeing, the, you know, these guys really step into the roles and feel more comfortable and start to play faster. And I think and Gordon's just kind of the, the perfect example of that. I, fun player to watch. You know, the Nichols position really evolved over the years. I mean, if you go back, just maybe, maybe a, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, that that nickel corner was your your small, shifty, quick guy because he had to match up against the 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 offense's third receiver, which is a lot of times we're small, shifty. And that's not how teams are anymore. A lot of times teams will bring a bigger guy into the slot that put the, a, the flex to the tight end into the slot. You know, you expect your cornerback to be able to do a lot of stuff, and especially in the bear scheme, they want that corner to be physical in the run game, which we see Kyler Gordon do that, and able to cover. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. I went back and checked the pro football focus. Uh, I'm always curious how they grade guys after I watch how I feel they play. 
to kind of see how they had it. They weren't very, very happy with Kyler Gordon's overall overall game. But but when I watched it, like I almost had him in my hot. I thought he had a nice game. You know, sometimes you know, I don't know. <laughs> again, I as a stats guy, I want things to be publicly available. I don't yes. like black boxes. And grading is about as opposite as a stats guy should like. And so when people just throw the stat out of like, well, his grade was this. I don't really put a lot of stock into it because I don't know exactly what they're grading. And I don't know if that's replicable. So Mm -hmm. if you could tell me that the same, you know, 20 different people could sit down and grade this person's game and they would come out with the same grade, then I would say, okay, I I believe that you, you have a real system, but I will tell you that 20 different people are going to sit down. They're going to grade Kyler Gordon's game and they're going to get 20 different scores. And that is not a stat that is worth me using. Okay. Enough of the soapbox. Um, (laughs) Let's let's flip it around and let's do cold bowl porridge. What'd you have? I'm gonna go with cold bowl for the uh, the snap count usage of our guy Kilio Herbert. You know, it seemed hmm. kind of strange that he was only in there for 15 plays, 21 percent of the time out there. Um, he had six carries, 24 yards, two catches, 14. Roshan Johnson really took over the role of the RB one this week. And as I'm watching the game, it kind of dawned on me. Blitz happy team. You want your better pass protector in there. So I think that might have something to do with it. Although I still would have liked to see them scheme up some touches for, for Khalil Herbert because he is more explosive with the ball in his hands than Roshan Johnson, who is he's not a, a slow back by any means, but he's more of a physical runner. Herbert's your home run threat. And I just think that, uh, again, it's probably a scheme thing where the Bears thought, okay, Roshan gives a better chance here because they're going to blitz so much. But, you know, find a way to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. And Khalil Herbert, to me, is one of your playmakers. Yeah, it would have been nice to have him just leak out of the backfield and, you know, have nothing but green grass in front of him with the, you know, the blitz happening behind him. That would have been nice. Yeah, I think, like you said, we've said it a hundred times. He's he's an explosive play waiting to happen. Uh, That's a good one. I like that. Not the player, but the snap count. The usage, yes. We're we're getting very creative on how we we talk about these things. Uh, We've already talked about the screens, cold bowl of porridge to get to in the screens. Uh, I I have a, I have a few. Um, uh, cold bowl of porridge to the lack of referees protecting Justin Fields like the op- opposing quarterback. I mean, a helmet to helmet hit, just an like you can't avoid seeing that yeah. in real time, and yet they they ate the flag. Whereas you know the they're going to give that a, a, a higher level of protection to the opposing quarterback, and you can't tell me like why does Josh Dobbs get some sort of benefit of the doubt when Justin Fields does? It does not make any sense to me. I don't know why. Justin Fields is playing under the Cam Newton rules for for not getting protection of quarterbacks. Um, I, I'm going to give a cold bowl of porridge to Justin Fields for delivering a hospital ball to Darnell Mooney. Oh, Holy man. moly, that was a bad ball, yeah. wide open, and led him into to a, a hit. Uh, just a good thing that Mooney wasn't wasn't hurt on that one. And then I wanted to give another officiating cold bowl uh, for the taunting call. On Kyler Gordon, I'm glad you went broken helmet. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? Hey, you got to pick that one up. You got to eat it. I mean, like, come on. Like the guy's face mask was broken and like sticking up the top. I think you have to use a little bit of common sense. Like, oh, okay. Like his face mask was coming off. That's probably uh, is something that would trigger like, what the heck is happening? I'm going to take my helmet off. Let's use some common sense here. Stripes like that. That doesn't make any sense to me that they didn't pick that up. 
I'm glad you brought that up because you could clearly see his face mac was dangling. It was only had like, you know, they have the screws around it. It was all off. It was like flipped up like it was a flip up kind of thing there. Like it was a cage that was removable. There's no common sense. The refs don't ref with common sense. That's just something they don't do. You heard the broadcast team, Aikman and Buck, they talked about it. That's one you probably want to review. But they're not allowed to, you know. We have that. There are some times where there's an uh, uh, instant replay where they call it a, uh, what do they call it, the condensed replay, where they do it kind of quickly and they let the refs know. Yeah. Where is the eye in the sky? We've talked about We haven't talked about it much this year, but we thought, did it quite a bit last year. An eye in the sky type of thing where someone in the league office, they're watching these replays. There, there should be someone there to say, hey, guys, let's call him real quick. His helmet broke. That's that's why I took it off. Let's pick it up. Let's have some common sense here. It made no sense. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I think the the sky judge, I believe, is what some some other league, you know, like an XFL called it, yeah. where it's just a referee that's sitting in the like a like an offensive coordinator that's sitting mm-hmm. up in the booth, and they're just reviewing stuff and they see stuff. Like you say, they kick it to New York for some of these like big reviews where they get under the tent and all that. And so that they're, you know, helping, helping review, but why not just have an on-site official and like say, Hey, light touch. We do not want you impacting this game much, but you know, a guy throws a flag and it's very clear that this should not have happened. Just like, Hey, pick that up. Like that's Nope. You saw that wrong. I get why you threw it, but pick it up. Right. This is also my dream of like, I should just be employed by one of these NFL teams. And all I do is I say, don't throw the red flag here. The squeeze is not, <laughs> the juice isn't worth the squeeze here, man. That it's, you, you, you want to challenge a, 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 a four yard uh, pass game on, on first down in the first quarter. Stop. Like just, yeah. just keep the flag in your pocket. The number of dumb challenges I've seen. I just, you should just pay me, pay, pay my like travel and like room and board and like a little bit of a stipend and then I, and i'll just watch the game and like once or twice a game you call me and be like hey is this worth challenging and i'll just be like no yeah. and then like what you know then you'll call it good and be like oh yeah the dude that we have up in the booth said don't <laughs> challenge it and just blame me if the fans get on you but every team should have one guy like that in the booth because the amount of wasted challenges are they're they're too high for my liking i, I would like the strategy to be played a little higher in the league we'll put it that way you know, I think some of these head coaches, like if they feel they have an easy one, they don't care. They just want the stat. They want it to go on the pro football, uh, pro football reference page, showing they're one for one in the game. I think that's all some of these guys care about is they want to be right, where it's like, like you said, sometimes game situation, it's not worth it. No, because you, you want that. You don't get an unlimited supply. Yes. So you might want that in the future. Like it's just, it's a game theory. I think. <laughs> anyway, okay. Bowl of just right. Who got it for you this week? Jalen Johnson. You okay. Know, three passes defensed, an interception, three tackles. Yeah, he dropped one. You know, he, he's not a receiver. Corners, eh, they, they don't catch everything they throw in their way. But he has shown this year that he deserves to get paid. And it's funny because the Bears have a couple of rookie corners. You know, Tyreek Stevens is playing pretty good. Terrell Smith, I talked about him earlier. You know, so some of the Madden-esque GMs will say, oh, you got his replacement. Let him walk. No, you've got three good corners. Sign Jalen Johnson. Figure it out. You got these two guys on rookie deals. If they don't play much, hey, that's too bad. You got quality backups now, which is what good teams have. Pay Jalen Johnson. Get this guy's money. You got Tariq, uh, Tariq Stevenson, Charles Smith battling out for the other corner spot. You got Kyler Gordon in the slot. 
that's a nice cornerback room. Don't let him walk. That's just dumb. That that makes that 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 makes your team worse. Yeah, stop creating holes where there is none. Start right. rewarding your homegrown players. Uh, all all of those things. Absolutely, he's one of the guys that I had written down. Uh, again, yeah, would be great if he would have had that one that looked like it could have been returned for a pick six. Same with last week. You know, a couple of you know, a couple of opportunities to really put yourself into a higher level conversation, right? Like you know, people are talking about that bland guy from from the Cowboys who has like like an unbelievable amount yeah. of interception returns for touchdowns. Like people like that pick sixes are fun, right? That gets you on the highlight reel. You got to take advantage of those opportunities. Hopefully, you know, more of those will come his way, but whew, boy, that would have been nice. But he had the one pick, which was nice, right? Like it yeah. came off of his receiver, drifted back. Dobbs throws a duck, which man, that, I hadn't watched a lot of Josh Dobbs. <laughs> I, I will admit, not a great ball. He does not throw a great ball. Um, so that was great. It kind of fluttered up there, made it made a Jalen made a really nice play on it, drifting back, um, you know, and, and taking that away. But then I think the one that we're not we're not talking about is the the tip. Like he he made makes the play where he's he was the guy that in coverage that tipped the ball in the air yes. that that Edwards uh TG, intercepted. Yep. That is a really nice play because he's not swatting it down he's he went in to tip it up he popped it up like that that was to me that was the play of the game that was really cool and and i love that he did that so again i i don't know like i I just i don't see that very often where a guy's like trying to play the tip drill um thought that was really cool yeah it makes sense like i said we got to pay this guy they got to find out a way to pay him you got you got yeah you know and we've talked about a lot how you don't want to put too much money into the defensive side of the ball this is a guy where he, he, he deserves it. You know, he, he is, he's not elite. He's not an all pro, but he's a damn good football player. You reward those guys. Again, it may come down to, he's asking for too much money. If that's the case, you got to make a business decision. Um, but, but if it's workable, man, I would love to see the bears bring Jalen Johnson back. Unfortunately, I think that they've cost themselves money. They could yeah, have, they probably they could have locked yeah. this guy down early. Right. Yeah. When we had talked about this, and this is not hindsight when you're talking yeah. about it at the beginning of the year where it was, hey, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson, who do you want to resign? And, you know, from the start, I was Jalen Johnson. It's yeah, not even sure. a question for me. Yeah. Right. You prioritize Cole Komet. I get it. It's fine. You got him. But you have more than enough money to sign another guy. Where's the money going? Well, you know, it went to, I guess, Montez Sweat. And and now there's still plenty of money left um, to, to be handed out for next year. So for me, I, I had JJ written down. Um, I also had DJ written down. So DJ Moore, uh, just, you know, keep putting the over under yardage line where, where you have it betting sites, because I'll just keep taking your money, but uh, 11 catches on 13 targets, 114 yards, a long of 36. Uh, I mean, he goes over a thousand yards for the year that there's not a lot of that in bears history. So it is significant when the bears have a thousand yard wide receiver, it's his first season here. He's already going over a thousand yards. He's got five games left. He has an outside shot at, at maybe taking down the single season yardage record, which we've, we've talked about in the past. Uh, Justin missing, missing time, I think hurt him a little bit uh, because yeah. the passing game numbers went down, but plenty of opportunities here in these last five weeks uh, to be able to capture that, that particular record. So um, 
again, I expect this out of DJ Moore. A hundred yard receiving game is is at this point what I expect because he is that good. He's going to create yardage for himself. He's going to catch what comes near him, and um, he. I think he's established himself at a higher level than he was. Like I think people just slept on him in Carolina. Yeah. I don't think they really realize how good of a football player he is. And even though Chicago has not had a very good season, I think you get more notoriety, more national exposure because of playing in Chicago. And I think more people now say, oh, yeah, hey, this guy's actually really, really good. Yeah, like you said, I, th- I think people just slept on him. You know, they they saw his production and it was good production. They're like, oh, it's a bad team. But the you know, Bears are also a bad team. But you said it's Chicago. It's a Chicago market. He has more eyeballs on him now. And he's having an outstanding season. We always saw him as a legit number one. Yeah, he's not 6'4". He's not this big X receiver that some people, they think that's what your number one is. He's a number one receiver. He's shown that this year. And I think it's uh, whoever's here next year quarterback. And they're going to have a, a great playmaker to work with. If You know, all the news about Carolina, and before we closing it out of here, all the news about <laughs> Carolina. So they, they fired their head coach, right? There's a lot of controversy. You know, it. I, I'm not saying I, I think that David Tepper and, and pushing to try to get the number one pick so that they could they could go up and get their quarterback, all that stuff. Like, okay, I'm not questioning that. I think that was like I think you go do that sort of thing. I, I'm curious if they regret their choice of letting DJ Moore go, and I wonder if they could have used Brian Burns as a trade chip instead. And said like, hey, we really want this wide receiver for our quarterback that we're going to draft you know, but, but we're willing to give you this premier edge rusher instead. Like, I don't know what the conversations were. I don't know if Ryan Pohl, we've heard like Ryan Poles was only in on DJ Moore. Like, I don't know, man, like that. I don't think you, you, you know, you get an option of a premier player at one, uh, you know, premier, uh, premium position versus another premium position, you know, what you do in that situation. But I, I I'm just kind of curious if, if they had it back, if they, if they would make a different decision. You would think they would want to because, you know, that offense has been atrocious and a guy like DJ Moore really would help out a young quarterback, you know, and you got to think that Eberflus probably would have rather have had the edge rusher because, you know, that's who he is. I mean, that's that's the kind of coach he is. And, and you know, it seemed like Ryan Poles kind of brought him in. And so, yeah, there was some rumors that they were they had a player, obviously, they wanted to, um, whether it was Moore, whether it was Burns, whether it was someone else. I think there was another uh, – Brown. The, Brown, the, yeah, the, the D tackle. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, there were some options there. Um, I'm glad it was more worked out good for the Bears. I mean, the record's not showing in Chicago, but you know that's a nice building block, and you know he's definitely going to be in, in the Pro Bowl mix, and you know strong finish. He could be in the All Pro mix, and those are the guys that get the big money. And, and I got to say, like, kind of a unassuming, quiet superstar. Right. Like he, he's yeah, not he's like a chill. typical yeah. diva wide receiver. He seems super chill, which I, I think Bears fans should appreciate. So yeah. uh, I don't think Bears fans love uh, diva wide receivers. Just just no. a hunch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get out of here and turn it over to the YouTube comments, uh, anything co- going into the bye week that you want to talk about? I mean, it's a bye week. The Bears have a chance to to kind of reflect and relax and, you know, catch their breath and, so do we. I'm not sure what our schedule is in a podcast. I know we got some cool stuff coming up here. Um, Mason has the team doctor for the 
Bulls and several other local uh, professional sports teams. Uh, it's going to be on his bare bones coming up this week. Uh, Bill has Brad Biggs on this week. So we still got stuff popping on the podcast channel. Taylor's got someone lined up. I'm not sure who she has this week. But, yeah, there's still stuff going. You know, the Bears are on a bye. We'll still be here doing our thing. We are taking a bye week, though. We are taking a bye we week. We will not be here next Monday. We will be doing something other than this. So that's nice. We yeah. will take our bye week. But we will be back to talk about Lions Part D and, 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 and see uh, how that game went. So uh, until then, enjoy this victory, uh, this divisional victory, which has been elusive <laughs> as of late. We'll see you on the other side of the bye. Until then, bear down.